Alright, welcome once again to the Legion of Reason. I am your host, and for some reason this is, uh, ignore the camera, is not available for a moment. I'm just going to switch it over to the Skype. Oh boy. Okay, uh, something I forgot to, to do. Anyway, so we're back uh, again, once again, and we have with us a special guest, Susan Gerbic, who is a skeptic extraordinaire, <laughs> and we're going to talk about, um, well, I th- we're going to, tell us a little bit about yourself, Susan. Wow. What well, would you like to know? I have three cats. <laughs> oh, you only have three cats. Okay. So, no, I'm, 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 uh been around for a while. I've just been active in the skeptic community since about 2008, but I've been involved since 2002. And you've been, yeah. So we're going to talk about your personal history a little bit because I think it's really important that, you know, when people are, are hearing very few people have been skeptics all their lives and it's very important to hear about people who have climbed out of that hole of credulity and into the the realm of, of uh, skepticism it's it's not an easy thing and and uh and I, well i have to say i've always been a science oriented person uh, even you know the, the my teachers when i was in elementary school came to me all the time with questions so <laughs> Uh, yeah, they, they knew that, uh, you know, I was very, very scientifically minded. and uh, But I was, was I really skeptically minded at that time? I don't think so because I really didn't understand skepticism. I uh, understood science more, which is kind of a weird thing to say because the two are very related. But, you know, you can be a scientist and be completely wacko. It is possible. I mean, uh, Linus Pauling believed that uh, vitamin C cured everything. But anyway, mm-hmm. enough about me. I, 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 we're not here for me. Uh, we we are. We want to hear your story, Susan, about what 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 are the kinds of things that you believed early on, and how did you get out of that and start looking? Hey, what is the evidence for these things? Well. I just want to say thank you again for having me on the show. I'm excited to hear, um, be here. So I uh, came in, raised in Salinas, California, which is where I live and live today. It's beautiful here. And um, I was raised Southern Baptist. I should mention that I'm the youngest child of a youngest child, which means I really was raised with, my parents were like grandparents to me. I had no close uh, relatives of any kind. I didn't have any real mentoring. Um, and um, I think I could state that being raised Southern Baptist in California was not the kind of Southern Baptist you would think of in the South like of the uh, or... United States. Yeah. We're, we're a little more mellow. Um, but, you know, of course we believed in all the religious stuff. I didn't really know what to think. I had, let's put on our little time machine caps and go back in time a little bit and remember that this is the 1970s when I was growing up and went into high school. I'm 55 now. And we had no access to uh, the Internet. Obviously, it didn't exist. I didn't have mentors. I had no close friends that were 
you know, scientifically minded that I could ask questions of. I had access to a library. So that's about it. So if you're going to find a book on the paranormal, it's going to be a book on the paranormal in a library. We just didn't have a lot of access to things. So when I grew up as a Christian, you don't challenge your beliefs, obviously. And I eventually, um, in homeroom class, you know, you have, you have to say the Pledge of Allegiance in America. We <coughs> pledge allegiance to the flag, yes, the United States that. of America, and to the Republic of stands. And my teacher did not say the under God part. And I said, Mr. Foreman, why, why, why did you not say the under God part? I think I was a senior in high school, so I was about 17. And he said, because I'm an atheist. Wow. And I'd never heard the word. Oh. I didn't know what that meant. If I'd heard it, I'd never heard of it in a context, so I looked it up. He said, it means I don't believe in God. So I started looking into it, and it kind of gelled with me because I was thinking, wait a minute, you cannot believe in a God? I mean, that's an option because I'd never even occurred to me. I, um, growing up as a Christian, I thought maybe I should... You know, just wasn't feeling anything. I wasn't feeling anybody at the other end when you're praying. And so I just kind of looked into it and started going to the library and checking out books. Uh, there was a couple books, but not many. And I had to hide them from my mom. I actually literally had to hide it in the closet or in the under the mattress. I was afraid she would find out. It was like porn. You know, if you found out she was an atheist, that would have been horrible. So... I eventually kind of just slowly got out of it. So I became an atheist first. But all along, I was still believing in things like sun signs, uh, Sasquatch, not Bigfoot, because Bigfoot, you know, is different from Sasquatch. Sasquatch was more of elite sounding word. You know, it sounds like all academic and everything. Yeah. So I started that. And so I eventually got out of it by finding a skeptical wire magazine. Interesting. Like, it's. Uh... I've heard that before that you know people of our generation that didn't know that they had the option to not believe because it was so ubiquitous in in their environment. Uh, I don't I don't think that's been the case up here, but but uh, California it kind of seems to me that California is a bit uh, less formal in terms of religion. Um, probably where I am, yes, and we're a little more cosmopolitan. And, um, you know, not having strong family ties, which is really important to not being a believer. Because if you're raised in a family that has lots of cousins and grandparents and, and so on, church becomes a part of your life if you're a Christian. And, and to, to step away from it would have been much more difficult. So I think being by myself with really not having any, my siblings were all much older than I am. And as I said, my parents were the age of most people's grandparents and, not having cousins or nieces or nephews or anything like that. We just didn't have that strong family ties to religion and it allowed me to be able to kind of go uh, find myself a little bit better. But I wonder about people leaving religion when they're in a strong family. It's, it's, there's a lot of ties there. Yeah, and you risk severing them. Uh, you know, like religious belief is is fundamental to these people. And if you kind of violate that, it's almost like you're, you're violating a trust. Mm -hmm. And you get end up, well, I mean, there's, there's formal 
words for it, like, well, shunning or uh, disfellowship, I think is the, the Jehovah's Witness term. And yeah. Yeah, it, it could be very traumatic. Uh, you would you lose your whole support system and all your friends and family are gone. You have to start over. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's difficult for most people. Not all, Absolutely. but... But for most, uh, me, it'd be, it'd, yeah, social uh, media has allowed us to be able to find each other now. But at the time when I was mm-hmm. growing up, there was absolutely no way of finding each other. There yeah. was, I mean, what would you do? Um, I, I'm surprised actually that more people are not of my oh. age are not more credulous as far as the um, belief in the paranormal and that kind of thing because. We grew up not being able to challenge it. I mean, it was Twilight right. Zone on TV and all those other shows. There was no counter to it. It just was. Except for Ghosts Scooby-Doo. Existed. There was, there was Scooby-Doo. How did we manage to get away from it? I, I think we, we've done, our generation's done a pretty good job. Yeah, well, my mother reads Richard Dawkins, so it's... Uh, <laughs> oh, you're such a lucky man. Yeah, my mom well, would I never grew up have in a very secular like household. No yeah, I know. I, yeah, it, it, yeah, I definitely was fortunate in that I didn't uh, grow up in, in a religious household at all. Uh, Same with me. Yeah, and it, so it was easy from our perspective but uh, which is why I, I when I talk with people who climbed out from that that, that credulous belief uh, I'm in awe because I don't know if I could I really don't it's it, you know I I can't be sure well you know uh, what we what, one of the things I talk about a lot when I'm talking about the Wikipedia world is when I was growing up I was really afraid of spontaneous human combustion I don't know how you guys know what that is. Oh, yeah. But yeah. when you're growing up, you have no idea. How do you ask? You hear about these stories of people burning spontaneously walking down the street. There's no one to ask. There's nowhere to go. What are you going to do? Look at an encyclopedia? They didn't even talk about it there. So now with the advent of Wikipedia, um, we're able to put that information in there so people can actually have a place to find out, not just going to the World Wide Web, you know, and just looking at at least you have right. a place you can probably trust and get great information we didn't have access to that anymore we're right. seeing right now a generation of people who are growing up with wikipedia because it's only been around since what 2001 mm-hmm. so people are just now graduating high school who have been it's always been in their life and i think we're going to see a different kind of education i'm really curious about what um what these people are going to turn out like how how different is their world than what we've had in the past it's it's a fascinating kind of thing to think about i still think it matters where they grow up even with the internet yeah yeah i, I would say so but but at at least they now have a means for obtaining information which which contravenes a narrative that you know say religion or pseudoscience it's at least available that back when we were young there was i remember in 1981 when i graduated high school and the sinclair z zx 81 was the height of computer technology which was (laughs) a thing that you hooked up to your tv which had a little keyboard-ish type thing. You know, it's one of those keyboards. It's not like a normal keyboard, but it had the... Yeah, it's, it was really pathetic. 
and you pu- and you programmed in basic and all you could do was uh very well not much <laughs> no internet chat at all people. no no you could not do that no no there was no yeah, internet. i remember coding basic of just to do a simple quiz if then type thing yeah was, you know right well, I'm I'm in Silicon Valley. I'm just at the south end of Silicon Valley. So I remember when Apple was a, became out and Microsoft and all that. It's all in my backyard pretty much. And I can remember the first computers my brother had one. And I was able to make it make a black screen with a little dot go up and down on it. And 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 he said, "You programmed it." And I'm like, "I don't know what that means." He goes, "Oh, this is going to be big. This is going to be amazing." And I thought, "You are nuts." You know, I couldn't see any applications for 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 a computer at all. I was so <laughs> short-sighted. If well, I'd only know, known, but I well, was young, I didn't know. What Bill it was Gates doing. didn't know either. I mean, when he said that two hundred fifty-six k was going to be the was this no, it was even less than that. I think it was sixty-four k would uh, memory would be the most anyone ever needed. And of course, now we have. Um, you know, you can get terabytes. terabytes. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, huge. You know, we can always find reasons to use more memory and it's the thing well it started um, off as a computing type thing and then a word processor type thing so yes. i don't think anybody foresaw the you know come on atari yeah, yeah, atari know, like, the video games were graphic, awesome graphics and you know um yeah video games porn porn <laughs> yeah. porn is actually what drives what, what drove the Video card technology for a long, the longest no. time. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So now, now you've kind of crawled out of credit. What actually? What other kinds of things did you believe when you were younger? Well, sun signs. Not so much astrology as much as uh, that you were born under a certain sun and that had a certain personality type. And you would kind of conform to that. And I was really into the Linda Goodman sun signs. And I kind of wonder if my personality that I have now has something to do with me developing it because it was matching the sun sign I thought I had. I I have a very confident kind of personality, very outgoing and friendly. But those were all the characteristics of my astrological sun sign So and moon and and rising star and all these other things mm-hmm. so i kind of wonder if a, if my if i was able to say i'm supposed to be very confident i'm supposed to be very friendly i'm supposed to be very outgoing and so i did that i kind of wonder you know i don't know if i had been something that was more of a plodding introverted kind of shy personality according to what linda goodman said that maybe i would have kind of not had as much confidence or as much um, outgoing friendliness. I don't know. It's it's like an interesting self, thought. Like a self-fulfilling prophecy almost kind of thing, right? Yeah, because it came <laughs> on about the time that I was, you know, becoming of age as a teenager is when I started really looking at it. So it makes you really, I think if you tell somebody you can be confident, you are very smart, you are quick to pick things up, you are this and you're great at math. I think that you probably will take it a little more seriously. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I but believe that. I'd like to know what <laughs> sign you would have to be born under to have it say, well, you really suck. Because this <laughs> is the thing, whatsoever. right? Exactly. <laughs> none of them. No, it's all well, they positivity. All positive. Yeah. It depends it's on positive. how you look at a Scorpio is kind of plotting and, um, you know, devious. But. Oh. Yeah, that's what I am, Scorpio. <laughs> They're both Pisces. I'm a, 
I'm a scorpion. I'm a scorpion moon. <laughs> so it was kind of supposed to be like my altar. Anyway, I got into it, and that was I was really into it, and it was kind of fun because you'd get to go and talk to your friends and tell them what they are, and you'd be like, "Oh, well, that means you're this, and that means you're that." It was stupid. I kept after a while. I started saying, "This is really silly," and I thought people are much more complicated than that. I, I talked myself out of it after a while, but you know, not because of any reading or education, but just because after a while you start thinking, "This is just not making sense." How is the sun and the moon and stuff have anything to do with your personality? That's kind of silly. <laughs> See, that's natural. I don't know where I came from because I wasn't raised skeptical. No science in my household. Huh. Yeah. I'm just thinking my daughter came home, I don't know, a couple of years ago or whatever, and she's hanging out with people that do fire spinning and, you know, they go to these, I don't know, like, like raves and all this kind of stuff, right? And festivals. So there's a bit of woo there. And, and she's just like, oh my God, everything was fine until they started talking about their horoscopes and asking me what sign I was, right? It's <laughs> like, ah, oh, I can only take so much, oh, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, my kids were both raised atheists and skeptics, and uh, it's just an interesting phenomenon. It wasn't anything like what I had, uh, and the world is completely a different place. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's definitely a different place now because access to information is so rapid. I mean, it's instantaneous. Uh, I went from when I was doing when I back when I was doing actual research. You know, I went from these things, which were the uh, every week would be a publication of all the papers that had been published and all the citations. And so I had to use that. And then I went from there to, you know, instantaneous access in the libraries to all the papers I could ever dream of. And, and quick searches like that, instead of taking hours, it took seconds. And, uh, yeah, it, it it's a huge change. Mm-hmm. And it's not Absolutely. just in the sciences. It, it's all over. I mean, you have access. The thing about the Internet, though, is you have access to both good information sources and really, really, really sucky information sources. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you have to learn how to differentiate between the two. And some people or right. want to. Yeah, exactly. Um, you have to want to. Like if you grow up homeschooled and you have all these parental controls and Google's used to looking for the bad information, like you've already, you can Google will help you look for the bad stuff if that's what you're doing. And then you have these Facebook groups. Facebook's been a really double-edged sword. And people can really get in their groups and block everybody else out and just completely feed their biases to each other. Absolutely. Well, that's where Wikipedia comes in because a lot of, I would assume, the homeschooling world doesn't block Wikipedia. It'd be really hard to block parts of Wikipedia. So, well, they have the conservapedia. Um, oh, come on. Nobody really watches that. That's for fun. <laughs> I don't even know how to access it. I don't know. I think, I think, I think there are people who come actually on. use that. And it's a terrible source, obviously, but I, I right. do think. But that I don't think they get the views. Wikipedia by far is Fox the, News. Wikipedia's like the 10th most viewed website in the world. Okay, good. Uh, so, the I may think it, some people say it's a fourth. So, I. I Really doubt Conservapedia gets even a fraction of what Wikipedia does. It's, I, it's I not hope even. You're right. <laughs> That's all I can say. Not even. A, not even. A, and when people tell me, some people will say, "I don't read Wikipedia." I've actually heard that. You can't trust it, so I don't read it. And I'm thinking, you know, that's BS. Yeah. First off, and second, if you don't actually go to Wikipedia to get your content, okay, 
you're still getting it because you're getting, if you read a newspaper, if you listen to a podcast, if you, uh, listening to a news source, read a book, the, 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 talk to your next door neighbor about something. Somebody's getting it from Wikipedia and they're just repeating it to you as if they, they already knew it. When somebody does a podcast or an interview or an obituary and they want to know who a person is, they go to the Wikipedia page and then they read the lead of it and then they, Maybe we'll put it in their own words, but that's where they're getting the information. So it's not like you can't, you cannot avoid Wikipedia if you're getting content of any kind anywhere. And like I say, even in a eulogy, you're going to, you're going to hear some Wikipedia if the person's notable enough to have a Wikipedia page. And it, I think Wikipedia has essentially evolved, if we can say that. It's, it used to seem like an open free for all. And I think it, kind of got tightened up there about 10 years ago or about five, 10 years ago. Yeah, Twilight, you're absolutely right. There was, there's two different kinds of Wikipedia. When it was first in, created in 2001, which is crazy to thought that we could create an encyclopedia online free with volunteers who were anonymous in some cases to change it. So when they first started Wikipedia, they were allowing just about anybody to go in and write whatever. There wasn't, mm-hmm. there wasn't uh bots. Um, there were not uh, ways of really checking things automatically. And so there's a lot of Wikipedia pages that exist that look like crap or they're, they shouldn't be there because the people or the topics are not notable. And then there's a new Wikipedia. And I'm not sure what year it would be, but you're right. It's been in the last maybe 10 years where um, when you try to make a Wikipedia page, you are going to get slammed down. There's going to be many, many eyes looking at something that you're creating. It's going to be um, taken down quickly. There's all sorts of different kinds of controls that they have to, that shows a page is being created new, and then they're able to delete it easy. So one of the things GSOW does is we find a lot of those old Wikipedia pages that existed in the beginning, and we correct them. And that's what we did with, like, spontaneous human combustion, facilitated communication, um, a lot of different things. They, they existed, and, and nobody was editing them, but um, we were able to go in and clean them up. And still they're getting tons of views, you know, thousands of views, millions I- in some cases. I really commend the skeptical community for being, I think, a driver behind that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't start Wikipedia editing until 2008 because Tim Farley told me on a cruise, he said, you know, skeptics really should have this. And I thought, (laughs) oh, that's a really good idea. And so I tried to learn how to edit Wikipedia and I failed. It was horrible. The training was non-existent. The people were rude and brisk. (laughs) Uh, it was horrible. And so I tried joining editing teams. It was just the instructions were unreadable. And, uh, so I slowly started making my own training as people started coming to me saying, you know, I'd like to help out. I'd like to do that. So now we do all our own training and all the training is done is created. I created all the training. They have lessons that people go through. And for some reason, somehow people get through training and when they're all done, they go, Oh my gosh, I know a lot, you know, and you're like, wow, somehow or other we managed to do that. And, and they come out, when they come out of my training, which takes months to train, by the way, it's, um, they're a well rounded editor. They don't know everything, but they know how to ask questions and they have a huge team of people in the secret cabal. That's where they're put on Facebook. 
to ask questions of, and we are constantly training each other. So the people who come out of my training are, I would put them up against anybody coming out of Wikipedia editing at all, except maybe some of the more senior people. They, they are, they're awesome. My, my team are fantastic and they do. They've got the backs of, uh, they've got all this, they've got it all down. I'm really impressed with my team. And I'm impressed that you put that together. So thank you. Oh, that, yeah. it was kind of uh, by default. There wasn't anything that I could find. So I wanted things that were done uh, easily. And one of the things I've done is I've not learned the jargon. I'm not um, technically, a, I, I am a Wikipedia editor. I've got lots and lots of edits I can do. I guess I'd be considered a senior editor, but I do not know the ins and outs of Wikipedia. I don't know. I don't speak Wikipedian, which is one of those things that, they do, and that's one of the reasons why I think it's harmful that the way Wikipedia runs is they speak to you like you're an idiot, and they, or they talk to you like you speak that language. I refuse to learn it, because yeah. I want to be able to talk to people who are brand new, who have never edited anything in their life, who can use email and the computer and Facebook, and that's about it, and I can talk them through it, and I can and I can make a fool out of myself doing it, and I don't have a problem with that, and then I'm told that they like that, that they appreciate that I'm um, you know, not putting on, you know, um, sounding like, you know, oh, condescending. Yeah. Or talk, mm-hmm. Yeah. I talk to them just like I would talk to anybody else. And, and, and it's same with science. If, if you completely just use the scientific terms and you're trying to talk to a lay person, they're just going to find you're a jerk and you make no sense. Absolutely. So. Tune you, up. So you have to talk to them like as if you're excited yourself and you say, well, here's how you do it. See this little box right here on the right hand side. That's the talk button. See it right there. Okay. See, now look at that, you know. Here's what you do. Doesn't that look crazy? You know, I'll tell them to Oops. the edit screen and they'll look at it and they'll go, oh my gosh. I'm like, okay, it's not that big a deal. We'll, we'll watch. We're going to go through it here. Check it out. See this right there? Look at that. You know, that's how I talk to people. So so if anybody wanted to get involved in uh, editing Wikipedia, how would they go about do, contacting you uh, to, to do that? To join the team? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, well, I try not to give too much information only because... I want people who are good at finding things on their own and not worried about having everything handled, handed to them. But generally what I'm doing is everything happens over Facebook. So if you're not on Facebook, sorry. Um, <laughs> we've not found any other way to organize our group without using Facebook and it is the best out there right now. So we are on a secret cabal. So I need a friend request. I need a private message from you that gives me your email. You need to open up a Wikipedia user account, and I want to know how you found out about us. And then you're in. I can get you started within 10 minutes of you coming along. I have training. All the training is on a Google document. I I give you the Google document. You can go through the training at whatever speed you want to. You have a private uh, trainer that will assist you the entire way through. It's usually me. And um, you have assignments. You start off with the very basic assignments and you move to rewriting a Wikipedia page. It's, uh, it takes several months. Some people have done it in weeks and some people take it in, in a year. But it's average about three months to finish training. <laughs> so what p- kind of pages have you personally edited? Oh, wow. Well, we keep track of everything that we've edited. Uh, the team has um, just added its 666th page, by the way. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Last night. Go beast. It, 
Yeah, it's kind of fun. So uh, the last page our team did was therapeutic effect. And uh, we made that live on the 20th. Um, we keep track of every page that we've written or every page we've rewritten. Right. And we, we have documents and Excel sheets and stuff like that. And so I'm able to track all those views. Every time a page is, is uh, hit on, we're able to see how many page views that is. And this is how we can see if our team is actually working, I mean, doing anything. And our team... Let me give you the correct number. So of those 666 pages, as of this morning, those 666 pages have hit 28,916,258 page views. So that's how we know we're doing something. We're, those pages are being accessed. We may never know if people are getting uh, changing their minds or anything out of it, but they're obviously viewing these pages. Personally, I've done... Um, 42 pages, I think. And I make edits all the time. I mean, I'm 45 pages. I make edits all the time, but I spend the majority of my time actually training and doing outreach like I'm doing with you right now, uh, writing articles. I do a lot of uh, off of Wikipedia writing articles. I interview people. I love to interview and meet new people. But uh, I'm all over the board as far as what I do. Uh, We tend to do a lot of... um, Biography. You know, I've got a I've got a category for Canada. Let me see. And you do public speaking as well. I uh, yes, and I yeah. love doing that. Yeah. I'm, I, that it's because I'm a Leo with a rising sun in Scorpio. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, I've never been afraid of getting on stage and talking. So huh. uh, we've done um, twenty twenty seven pages in that we can call Canadian. Um, it's under that category. And um, we've been translating a lot into French because I have one editor. His name's Robin Canton, and he is um, in um, Montreal. So when he writes a page in English, he translates it into French. Awesome. So this is one of the one things that GSOW does that nobody else does is that we are multilingual. We um, we understand the importance of having um, uh you know, educating people in languages other than English, because most projects focus on a language. And I don't think anybody's attempted anything like this. The other reason why we're unique is because we actually train and we motivate and we're on Facebook. But um, we, yeah, we've done a bunch of pages. Nathan Phelps, um, uh, Oliver okay. Bernard, who's a pharmacist there, and Timothy. Timothy Caulfield, Caulfield, oh, yeah. William mm-hmm. B. Davis, uh, Alan, oh my God, Van de Bonderver, I'm going to say, no, Ariel Finster, Barry Byerstein, David Harp, Indre Voscantes, James Alcott, those are James Fell, those are all um, Canadian people. Um, we've been doing a lot of things with the Office for Science and Society over there in Quebec. Uh, McGill University. We've been working on a lot of pages concerning them because those people are hot. They're doing a lot of a lot of great stuff right now. <laughs> um, okay, uh, let's uh, move on to um, Operation Bumblebee. Oh, you want to know about this? Yes, absolutely. Recap. We got to hear about Operation Bumblebee. Well, we've actually but, done so a first. Of- may I just ask a quick question? Nope. Do you mind? Um, is is it in some cases kind of like playing whack-a-mole? Because 
I was um, I was sat next to a person on a, an airplane um, who worked for Wikipedia, and we just you know happened to shoot the shit. And he said, um, I think I can't remember if it was Scientologists or like followers of, of um, Deepak Chopra that were just a pain in the ass, right? That were you know editing pages and putting up nonsense, and and you know this is maybe three years ago. So um, do do you find your edits challenged? Almost never. Okay. Um, if we are challenged, it's usually by another Wikipedia editor who's probably a skeptic also. Um, the people who are in the paranormal community, um, yes, Deepak Chopra, Rupert Sheldrick and them, they, they're a pain in the ass. <laughs> but most of the time, they don't follow the rules really well. They're not very good at evidence and rule following. So they tend to get banned pretty easily. They make very, very obvious mistakes. and they're general Wikipedia editors who do most of the work. GSOW is just a very small team. There's 128 of us right now. So we're very tiny as far as the, the world of Wikipedia editors who, like I say, do the majority of the work. Um, so we do not spend hardly any time whatsoever dealing with vandals or um, people taking our our edits off because a lot of the pages we work on are pages that are kind of been forgotten. Um okay. You know, and, and pages that are serious pages like homeopathy, Scientology, Mormonism, those pages are locked to some extent. Mm-hmm. You can't just edit them. You have to be a, an editor that has kind of some sort of seniority to be able to edit them. Okay. So uh, we don't really have, I get that question a lot and I'm glad you asked it because I'm sure that the audience is probably thinking that same question too, but we don't, we don't have that problem, if we do get into an edit war of sorts, we usually walk away, unless, of course, we're definitely right. But it, the rules are kind of interpretive in some cases. We come back a month later, and that person's gone on to something else, and then we just make the edits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay, and one other, one other comment I wanted to make um, was, um, like, I know that in academia, Wikipedia isn't really accepted as a valid source, but very often they've got excellent links at the bottom, right? So that's another way to determine whether a page is, if, if it's not obvious that a page isn't legit right from the get-go. And as skeptics, I think a lot of us would pick that up. But, um, you know, don't cite it in an academic paper, but bloody hell, some of those links at the bottom, that uh, they do link to good academic sources, Absolutely. In fact, we hear this a lot. We, um, and I think we're getting away from professors who are saying don't at, don't, uh, cite Wikipedia because that's just stupid. Nobody does that anymore. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm sure kids do, but what we do is we say Wikipedia is where you start, Mm -hmm. you move down to the citations, you read the citations, and you can use it as a great summary. I mean, if I was a professor and I was trying to teach a subject that was broad, um, I would tell them, Read the Wikipedia page, read these Wikipedia pages and give them like 10 Wikipedia pages. And then yeah. you'll have a better understanding of what it is that I'm going to be talking about. And then, then go into your detail. I think there's yeah. Wikipedia where you start. Not yeah. Follow the sources and then follow the Absolutely. sources that those sources have quoted essentially, Absolutely. right? You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wikipedia doesn't rely on primary sources. In fact, they're shunned. We don't hardly ever use primary sources a lot of people are surprised to hear that yeah Yeah, so it has to be secondary and um that is 
and the, the sources that you're citing have to be notable. And notable is another way of saying they have a Wikipedia page. Now, by so, primary and secondary, are we talking like the difference between, say, the Cochrane uh, group uh, uh, meta-analyses versus uh, any single uh, study or something like that? Well, look at it this way. Let's say... Um, Something was revealed. Okay, let's take Noah's Ark, uh, Ken Ham's Noah's Ark. You guys know about that happening oh, yeah. over in um, Kentucky, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so what happened is they, the the city released a bunch of numbers about attendance. They were able to infer oh, yeah. the attendance numbers for Ken Ham's first year um, attendance numbers. And somebody tried to take those attendance numbers coming from the state uh, site and, and cite them on the Wikipedia page, and they were chased off. And uh, the person who chased them off probably was kind of rude about it, which pisses me off. But So they were trying to use a primary source on the Wikipedia page. When you try to use a Wikipedia page, uh, when you try to use a primary source, you're basically saying, I, as an editor, have looked at these numbers, and I am interpreting them this way. And when you do that, you've just made a... Uh, you're doing research, and who are you? You're just some person, and we can't allow you to, to do that. You're doing original research. What we have to wait for is for somebody who's notable to write an article that says, the state has just released all these numbers, here they are, and here's my interpretation of what it means, and then that's secondary, and we can turn around and we can cite that on the Wikipedia page. But we can't do the primary sources first. That it's that's just not allowed. It's it's you're interpreting them as an editor, and that's the wrong way of doing it. So it's a lot of people have issues with that. They have no clue. They're trying to put a primary source. Otherwise, if we allowed primary sources, we would just have psychics putting things up on pages saying, "I solved this case. I solved that case," and it's like, no. It's basically, it's corroborated. Yeah, and I guess like you know, presenting. I guess essentially that would be presenting people with raw data that you yeah. can't make anything out of, really. Yeah, because you know? it's so, interpreted yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you're you're watching um, something is happening in politics, and you're watching a TV, uh, you're hearing the you're hearing the the press conference yourself with your own ears, and you're hearing it, and you want to go and say the president said this, and you quote it. Well, you're interpreting it. You're you're choosing which part to put in the Wikipedia page. You are the one who decided that that section right there, that phrase, that word is the one that you're going to use. That's that's your work again. You don't. Who are you? You're not notable, so you don't have you don't get to do that. You have to go wait till the media relates it, and then they say, "Okay, here's what the president said, and this is why it's important," and so on. And then you can go to the Wikipedia page and you say, according to uh, CBC, according to CSNBC, according to uh, CNN, this reporter said this, that, 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 or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I got yeah. to interject quoting. here because... Uh, what, objective, I sorry. suppose, right? I need to interject well, here. Uh The problem is, is that the interpretation is going away, just, just that you're pushing the source one one step away from you like it's very different getting using a source from cnn versus fox oh, news right 
Right. Well, there are levels of journalistic integrity. That's what you're looking for is journalistic integrity. So well, if, it's, if it's citing Fox News or your Breitbart or Daily Mail, those in Wikipedia world or BuzzFeed, those are not considered good sources unless the journal journalist who's reporting is notable. Because what we're trying to find is they have to have journalistic integrity. They have to have a reputation that... Uh, that um, will back themselves up. You know, if, if it's shown that they spoke out of turn, will somebody come back and say, hey, we blew it on this and here's actually the facts? So we can't just cite just anybody. We can't have, um, uh, you know, it, it has to be somebody of, of some sort of journalistic integrity. That's another thing a lot of people miss is that I can't just take the opinion of somebody who wrote a blog on it. Who is that? Who cares? You're yeah. not. And it has to, we have to wait until it's somebody who's writing for science-based medicine or somebody who's from uh, some notable place that's going to have some sort of editor looking over their work, somebody who's, who's known for their vigor and research and citations and things. So, mm-hmm. And Randy, I was, um, thank you for, um, interrupting with that because my next question was going to be about the role of media and in, in your work, right? Mm. You know, whether they're a detriment or helpful, and I'm guessing probably more oh, of a detriment in a lot them. of cases. Oh, yeah. no, we love okay. them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We love well, them. when they're valid, you know, <laughs> but there's so well, much. Well, oh, there's well, so much bullshit floating around out there. It depends on your sources. It depends yeah. on where you go. And so we, and if you try, if something comes out, you can kind of look around and it should be reported by many different places. I've seen mm-hmm. some places reported incorrectly, but usually you get the source right between several different media outlets. So no, we love the media. The problem is, is the media isn't reporting on all the topics we'd like. Um, and when I say media, I'm talking about the skeptic community as well. Okay. Um, science-based medicine, uh, people like Ben Radford, people like uh, Stephen Novella, um, Joe Nickel, all the people in the community who are writing about health claims, ghosts, and stuff like that, they're not writing fast enough. We need them to write faster and more articles so that we can use those articles to cite. Yeah. Um, we need more people like them. What, what what's, her, what's her name? The, um, the one that often writes for, I think I think it's Skeptic or Skeptical Inquiry. Harriet uh, Hall. What is her Harry name? Up. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Hall. Oh, we love Harriet. She, her and I go yeah. way back. She yeah. started not, at the same time I did. So here's a story. Um, there's a documentary out on Netflix that was called What the Health? Have you oh. heard of it? No, I haven't. It's a, it's a vegan documentary that says oh. that all meat is bad and, and, you know, it's, it's, they didn't have any science in it whatsoever. Yeah. So What the Health was, uh, had a Wikipedia page and it came out at Netflix and it was brand new. And somebody on Facebook said, Susan, Susan, what are you guys going to do about What the Health? And I thought, I've never heard of this. I don't know what you're talking about. So we found the Wikipedia page. We went in and we tried to clean it up a little bit. But the problem was there was no notable criticism of this page, of this documentary. So it looked like a glowing review of how wonderful this documentary was. And people were hitting on it. They were like, um, the the views were quite a lot, like 3,000 people a day. And so we said, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? So we went to we went to Harriet Hall. I went to Harriet, and I said, um, Harriet, hey, 
um, what you doing? You know, uh, can you help us out? And she, she went and she watched the documentary. She wrote a scathing, accurate, nice, you know, it was a good page article about what the health, because she's notable mm-hmm. and she's writing on a place that is notable, which is science based medicine kind of thing. She was able to write this, uh, uh, critique. <laughs> yeah, critique, and we were able to use it for the Wikipedia page. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I'm trying to look it up right now so I can do it fast, but of course I can't do it fast. But anyway, she, uh, A-L-T-H. <laughs> she, uh, because she was able to do that, we were able to get the Wikipedia page with criticism on it. And we, oh my gosh, it was amazing. Amazing. Oh, well, it, just awesome. in time. Oh, I know. Sci babe. Do you work with Sci babe? Yes, I know her. Yeah. Yeah, she um, would do yeah. too. Yeah. 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 A lot of these people, we've written their Wikipedia pages. So, so, um, we didn't write hers, but she is a personal friend. Um, the What the Health has, since we created this about a year ago, gosh, this August will be a year, I think. It's already had 500,000 page views. Oh, wow. And if we had not got criticism on that page, that would have been 500,000 page views of people looking at just, oh, this documentary is amazing. It's so wonderful. Yeah, but being, yeah. Being able to go to Harriet Hall and say, please, could you write something? She told me, Susan, you owe me two, two hours of my life. That was horrible. <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> but yeah, that was awful. It was <laughs> awful to have to watch. Oh, the documentary was awful. I thought it took her two hours to watch no, it. No, no. <laughs> she says the documentary was almost two hours. She says, oh, my God, it was awful. <laughs> so, yeah. So, <laughs> But, yeah, so we, we have to. We have to find people like the Psy Babe and Harriet Hall and, and Timothy Caulfield and, and all these people and try to get them to make sure if we can get them to have a Wikipedia page, you know, of course, we have standards we have to hit. Uh, yeah. If we can give them a Wikipedia page, then now they're notable. And that means that when they write something, now it's possible to use on the citation as long as it's within their expertise. Yeah. So I can yeah. write. Mm-hmm. I can't write about something I'm notable because I have a Wikipedia page. But I can't write something about what the health because I don't have a medical degree. But I'm considered kind of a sort of, uh, I'm kind of an expert on psychics. So if I write something up on a psychic, then I could, it could be used on a Wikipedia page. So that's where we're, where we're doing. We're changing Wikipedia slowly but surely by leveraging expertise yeah and we're still fine. <laughs> no that's fine but we're trying not to but we have to follow the rules we're absolutely yeah. transparent yeah. in following all the rules but we're doing it and that's what we're doing to try to make these wikipedia pages um correct yeah with actual so expertise cool. explaining why why it might be good or might be bad absolutely absolutely because if we don't have that on there what are people getting you know <laughs> Yeah, well, it, they they get a one sided view of things, mm-hmm. so, which is like Fox News. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So what we'll do, we we're, we did a facilitated communication. In fact, oh, that's one that. of the projects I'm working Oof. on right now is facilitated communication. But um, we went into that page and and uh, we put the case studies. We put we put um, what the facilitated communication, which is a pseudoscience. We put down what their best argument is for why it works. And then we put rebuttals to why it doesn't work. Yeah. And yeah. from notable experts. Same thing with spontaneous human combustion. We mm-hmm. went right onto the page and we said, 
this case was reported, this police case was in the newspaper. It was reported as spontaneous human combustion. Now, most of the time they would have left it at that and walked away. But we found notable experts who looked into the case and we were able to put right underneath it and say, and here's what we found out. Here's what the notable experts found out after they did some research on it. Same thing with ghosts. Same thing with um, uh, UFOs. If we just put up what's in the news about a UFO, we're only telling half the story. You have to follow it up with a notable um, article that says, okay, it looked like a UFO. All these reports came in that looked like a UFO. Here's what we really think happened. And people who read the Wikipedia page will go, oh, oh, that's that's interesting. Oh, okay. That makes sense now. I understand now. I understand I was only getting one side of the story when I was watching the YouTube video. Now I understand. Awesome. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like people put it forward a point of view, and if that's the only point of view, it, it well, disaster strikes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Now we now let's go to Operation Bumblebee. Bumblebee. This Bumblebee. Is Bumblebee. Yes. Okay, so I've been I've been researching psychics for a long time. That's how I actually kind of my first foray into the skeptic community was through uh, f- um, just kind of they used to have something called the James Randi Educational Foundation Forum. Twyla, you probably remember yeah, that very much. I, I chased anti vaxxers off of there. Oh, wonderful! Okay, so <laughs> the, the forum was a lot of fun. Um, it was before Facebook, where we were able. It was like kind of like a facebook where we were able to talk and get to know each other so there was a man on there named robert lancaster oh yeah he's has, wonderful oh he's amazing um i've seen him in the last saw him last year actually by the way uh-huh. and um he he started working on um sylvia brown and he kept asking for help and that's I said, how i found that j ref that's how i found it in the first place because they were talking about her and i was so mad i'd seen her on montel williams i was like oh my god people are eating this up it's so ridiculous you, you <laughs> so, watch you so watch montel Sylvia williams brown and uh-huh. i found the j ref page i found the james randy page and on it and of course this doesn't exist anymore but they had challenged her and she had agreed but she hadn't agreed on a date, and they're they're like, here's her response since. You clicked the button. It was crickets. Oh, my God. I had to oh, find yeah. out more about these people. It was wonderful. Oh, I'm so glad to hear your story. I'm going to tell Robert when I see him. He, um, him. Oh, I, I got to yeah. ask, Twilight, what were you doing watching Montel Williams? I was pregnant. I was at home. <laughs> it was yeah. 2003, and I had my daughter, and I was on maternity leave, and I just... You know, I'm used to working two and three jobs at a time. I never watched daytime television before. I was incredulous. I was like, (laughs) they let her say that? Like, this is ridiculous. I was so stupid. (laughs) That's how I got hooked on the O.J. Simpson trial. I was home after, I don't know if I was sick or or something, but you're just laying there and you're going, what the heck is going on? Why is that Bronco driving so slowly? What? what? (laughs) Who's O.J. Simpson? And then you get hooked. Uh-oh. Um when you know, when my daughter was a you know, baby, I would watch Jerry Springer. Oh. <laughs> and one of my friends said, you know, like why she loved to watch it too, like just like hate watching almost, right? She said, It makes me feel so normal. Right? Oh. Yes, yes, yes. That, that <laughs> is exactly why people relationships watch it. aren't great. I know half that stuff probably there is on fake, but it just reminds me that it's okay to be single because look at what these people are doing. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it makes you go, my relationship's not so bad. Check it out. <laughs> oh, yeah. A good question. I, I haven't found that. <laughs> anyway, we're, we're not, that was just an aside question. Okay. I really okay, wanted okay, to know. Okay. Anyway. So, okay, Bumblebee. So what I do is I'm a doer. I'm a big doer. Um, if I, I'm, I'm the kind of person that's going to put their hand up and say, I'll do it. But, or I will try to find somebody to do it. But so I, I can't stand being around people who are always saying, Oh, somebody should do something, blah, blah, blah. It drives me like wild. So nobody was really doing anything about psychics that much. I mean, a little bit. And my boyfriend is Mark Edward, who's a mentalist and an expert on psychics. Nice. So anyway, Mark Edward and I did a lot of different things with psychics. It was a perfect match because he's an expert on psychics and I was fascinated by psychics. And he started calling them grief vampires, by the way. Mm. So we're trying to get that good, to get more in the term. lexicon. Grief vampires. People who prey I on like your, your uh, grief. Yeah. So Facebook is amazing tool. I don't know if you guys have found this, but it is freaking <laughs> awesome. So what we did with Operation Bumblebee, let me try to think of which one Bumblebee was. That was Chip Coffee, right? Yeah. So we've done about four or five operations now. What we've been doing is we will create fake Facebook pages for people. We will run them as if they're real. They have no contact with the skeptic pages. They're all in a separate little world with separate names, with separate cat videos, and they check in at Starbucks, and they go to the movies, and they sit there and interact with each other. Now, the people who are running these Facebook pages could be all over the world, but they pretend to be cousins or friends or, you know, that they've known each other since high school or whatever. And they have real conversations, even though they're fake. So we've done this. I have many, many of these pages. They're, um, they're going along talking about their day and, you know, arguments they had with their husband and uh, sharing Deepak Chopra memes and, and then what will happen is we'll pick out a target. We'll pick out somebody, some psychic somewhere that we want to go visit. We want to go and attend their show. Oh. And uh, what will happen is we'll say, okay, January 1st, we're going to go see this show. Um, and so about December, we'll, we'll start a narrative where we're talking amongst ourselves. Maybe one of the peep characters is having, starting to have dreams about their brother, sister, whatever. And people will say, oh, yeah, brother was the nicest person. I just loved him. Or, you know, your son, he was such a sweetheart. I remember when he um, he wanted to open an ice cream store and he loved strawberry ice cream. I remember him so fondly. And it's, you know, and then the mother will say, you know, so we're creating narratives. They're fake, mm -hmm. totally fake. And it goes on. It goes on as long as it needs to go on. And it accumulates over time until it it comes to a halt right about the time they're going to go see the psychic. So somewhere in there, they will have friended the psychic. They will have tagged the psychic. Um, oh. all, all the time in the background, the pages are locked down. So they're just being created, but they're, they're all closed. So nobody else can see them. But over time, they're building the story and they tag the psychic. Then they open up the pages so that the psychic can see. And they'll say, oh, I, you know, this came across my my page today or my friend told me about this psychic chip coffee or or whomever our target is and we tag them and then maybe somebody will send them a private message 
we're trying to shove the fake Facebook page under their nose. We're trying to say, we're coming to your show. Here's our story. Here's what we want to hear. So um, what happens is we're trying to get the psychic caught in a hot read. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get go to the show and have the psychic look at those Facebook pages and read off what's on those Facebook pages. And then we're recording, obviously audio or whatever and then we're going to be able to not say anything at the time we're able to leave the venue and we're able to look at the transcripts and so on and see if they got the information from the facebook page okay now so here's the important part we don't want the psychic to be able to read the minds of the person who's attending the show because that's another way of them saying the psychic could come back and say well you knew it was on that facebook page so i was just reading your mind that's i got confused and i read your mind or the dead was reading your mind or whatever. So what we do is the person who's attending the, the show doesn't know what's on the Facebook page. They're locked out. So we did one in um, Hollywood. It's called Operation Peach Pit. Um, no. <laughs> Operation... I'm getting confused. Pizza Roll. Sorry. Operation Pizza Roll. We did this one a year ago, March. And... A team of people created these fake pages and just ran on with the conversation and created um, backstories for people, putting up pictures and on and on. And then Mark Edward and I went to the show. And what we were told is we were told that I had a twin brother who died of pancreatic cancer. And Mark was, uh, and his name is Andy. And Mark was told that he had a father who had heart died of heart disease years ago and that Mark was starting to get concerned about his health because he's about the same age as his father was. So we attended the show and we're sitting in the audience and that's about all we know. So when the psychic gets up on stage and he says, I'm getting a twin brother who wants to get in touch with his sister, I know to raise my hand. And so they bring up her microphone to me and a box of Kleenex and uh, they start telling me about my brother, Andy, who died. And he says, I'm, I'm, I'm getting cancer in the stomach. Is it pancreatic? And I'm like, yes. And he goes, and I feel like this is really recent. And I'm like, yes, it was just 2000 and whatever year it was, 2014 or 15. And then that's all I know. So the guy goes on and on about some other stuff. And I'm just crying and pretending to cry and nodding and agreeing. And he's asking me questions about things. I don't, I don't have an answer to. All I know is what I was told, but I'm just trying to agree and be vague. And then he goes over to Mark and he says, and you had a, there was a man who's Steve and we don't know who Steve is. And, you know, I'm like, oh, that was a friend of the family. And, uh, you know, I'm just really stressed out. I'm just, you know, start crying again. And so he went on about Mark's heart, uh, tests and how Mark's father had had heart conditions and, on and on and on. And it's all on audio. We have it all. And um, then, we, then it's over, right? So we were, we're able to text the uh, the people on the crew. We're, we're texting them from the audience that are know what's on the page. And we're like, who's Buddy? Who's Steve? Who quit smoking? Who's this? You know, And they're like, oh, that was your brother. So the only person who could have gotten that, the only way that psychic could have gotten it is if he saw the Facebook page. There's no way, because mm-hmm. we didn't even know. And the people who added it to the Facebook page, some of them were in Australia. I mean, <laughs> we're in Hollywood. Do you read the minds of people from Australia? 
So anyway, we got this one guy dead to rights, and he's uh, Operation Pizza Roll. We we haven't named his name yet because he's um, there's a New York Times article that's coming out on it, and he's exposing it. Oh, and then sweet. we've done another one, and um, we did one in January just recently um, in uh, Philadelphia. We sent a team of people who knew nothing. They were six friends, and we had them all involved in relationships with each other, and somebody had once been in a relationship, and now that they they haven't seen each other in a year, oh, they they went and they had a blast. They had so much fun, and they went and attended the show knowing barely anything, and uh, they didn't get called on at all. But, you know, so sometimes you get hit, and sometimes you don't, but... We got one, we caught him on a hot read big time. But that's what we did with Operation Bumblebee is we went to a chip coffee show, but we didn't catch him in a hot read. He did read us, but he read cold reading. He went through us and read what we had told the audience members around us. We said, you know, I'm here to see my little boy, um, you know, and uh, we we made up stuff. And, and he read all that. So he got all the information he could from just things we had said at the venue. The thing is, it, this is so effective, even though people can understand if once they're told, all they had to do was go on the internet and, and research you, that they can pull all of this stuff together and they'll call on the people that have, you know, the most interesting, you know, what would sound most amazing, obviously. So obviously you have created that amazing uh, situation, right? So you, you kind of right. increase your odds of getting getting chosen. We we did a, yeah. uh, a phone reading too, where we created the same scenario. We called it Operation Ice Cream Cone, and it was a little boy who had the little boy who wanted to have an ice cream shop when he grew up, and he died. It really sad. And uh, so I had a very good friend of mine. Um, she played the part of the mother, the grieving mother, and we called up the psychic, and the psychic agreed that we could record the conversation. She was given only the bare bones, and he was he was tagged on Facebook repeatedly, and we were waiting for him to go to the Facebook page and read off of there, and he didn't. But he read the most, he told her the most BS stuff. She's not even a mom, and he was going on about her child and, you know, how he used to ride BMX bikes, and it was so much BS, but he didn't read the Facebook page. But we <laughs> caught him in total cold reading. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're playing the odds, right? I mean, most kids have BMX bites these days. And, He's 13 yeah. when he died. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah. And she had to make up a reason for his death. That was really kind of funny because she didn't even know what he died of. Um, <laughs> we told her, we said, your child died at 13, but we're not, we never did say why he died. We, we've never mentioned how he died. So she said he got hit in the head with a baseball at a game. Wow. She just made it something, That's a little you know? too, too specific. That's a mistake. That's my nose well, no, got broke, but killed. It was at the, yeah, well, it was at the, whenever the psychic was telling her, he's, and he didn't know how a child died, so that's another tell. How did you, he not know yeah. how he died? She's, yeah. yeah, funny that. Yeah. It's <laughs> so we've done several of these, so we're awesome. on, uh, and I recruit people from all over the world to do this, so I mean, if you guys or viewers want to do it, I mean, it's it's fun. It's time consuming because you've got to make these characters and you got to run with them, and it's tedious because you got to have conversations with each other, and mm -hmm. and then you pick out a show. We go to the show. I raise the money from within the community to to, to go to these shows because we want to get the VIP tickets. Mm -hmm. That's another thing skeptics do is they sit in the back. You're not going to get called on. They want the people with money. You got to sit in the front. You got to sit right up That's there in the true. first couple 
couple rows and you got to be look like you got some money. They're trying to hook you. So yeah, I, I recently uh, it's a different situation, but I recently yeah. got a call from some scammers that are from CRA, which is the equivalent of uh, the Canadian equivalent of uh, the uh, Internal Revenue Agency in the U.S. and oh. and. I made the mis- I made a mistake. I made a mistake in my script. I used an address which was very easily identifiable. Unfortunately, in Calgary, uh, was the Calgary Saddle Dome, which is where which is the where the local professional hockey team, uh, the Calgary Flames, plays. And that busted me. So that live Aww. and learn, right? Live and learn. I had them. I had them. Oh, I had them going. I had a whole script. I had a fake. <laughs> fake uh, social insurance number I had the whole thing uh, oh, I was, you gotta do it again you yeah, gotta I gotta have another opportunity next, that next needs time. to go viral you know not just you because it's re- funny uh, because it's a bit of a well you presented a warning basically report back on that report back on that stuff because people need to know what they're doing yeah. you know, yeah. what, what you did and, and if you made a mistake report I yeah. made a mistake and here's where I made a mistake so other yeah. people will learn from it not do mm-hmm. the same exactly. thing we've reported back on every one of our stings we've done good or bad because Debrief. we're trying to get the community to, um, to 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 grow and learn that they can do it I mean I don't have a I, I'm nobody I just am a I was a baby photographer forever I have no skill in science I don't have any super degree or anything like I'm just somebody you know and that's what Robert Lancaster said well yeah I got that that sun sign again you know but uh it's like Robert Lancaster showed us the way he was a uh, computer programmer he wasn't famous nobody knew who he was he was just some guy who got pissed off because his mom got scammed and so he he did it Mm -hmm. and that's how that he was an inspiration for me to say well if he could do it I can do it because so many people are constantly telling me, why doesn't Steven Novella do this? And why doesn't CFI do that? And they it's like do everything. Do it yourself, you know? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Do it yourself. Step yeah. up. And if you don't know how to do it, you can contact me and I will I'll help you. I'll tell you what to do that has worked in the past or not worked and I'll be happy to. But most people don't step up and do that. <laughs> It's too much work. It's work, exactly. It's work, but it, to wow. me, it's like fun because I it oh, you yeah. get into the spirit of the thing and you can really, really it, it becomes fun. And when you phone them finally and or go to a psychic and and uh, and get a, a, either a cold or a hot reading, you know, you can really you can really lay it lay into them and say. You don't you don't expose the uh, psychic at that point, obviously. No, you'd be a jerk. Yeah. No, it would come absolutely not. You can't do that, and, and we couldn't do that at any of our stings because we didn't know. We had to leave the venues before we knew if we had been hot red or not. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't have stood up and said, "You're an idiot." You know, we just made all that up because we would have. The audience wouldn't have believed us. They would have said, "Oh, they're skeptics." That's why you know. It, we don't want to be that person. We don't want to have that. No, you're, you got to be polite. You got to go along with the game and you leave the venue and then you write about it and uh, let it get exposed that way. Yeah. But you got to, you got to somehow get it out to those people. Cause you, me, Twyla, Christine, we're, we're, we're the converted. Uh, and 
it's important to get the message out to these people who went to that thing, that event, somehow. Well, guess what? You know where you would do that? Mm-hmm. Wikipedia. <laughs> Very well, nice. Turn around. Yep. You write it up. You get it. You write it up. Somebody notable, or it's published in a notable place, and you turn around and you put it on their Wikipedia page, and then people who just generally are curious about a psychic. Chip Coffee or um, uh, Tyler Henry, who's the Hollywood medium. That's my favorite one. We, I've been after him. I think I've written eight or nine articles about him. And his Wikipedia page is flooded with all this notable criticism. He's, his Wikipedia page, I think, is a little over a million page views. All those page views are uh, all, all the content on there is almost all critical. And that's how you get it to the public is you say, I mean, it's like you say, it's no good pe- preaching to us. You got to preach to people who are curious. Oh, who's this guy on TV who looks really interesting? He looks like the real deal. I'm going to Google him. Oh, look, I'm getting his Wikipedia page. Let me read the Wikipedia. Oh, oh, he's been caught as a fraud. Oh, how does it? Well, then how come he looks like he's real? And then they look at the articles we write and they go, oh, it does. Yeah, you're right. So that's right. That's it's a cycle. That's why the Wikipedia is so important. You got to get it to these people who went to the show. Mm-hmm. Of course, I I don't know if they went to the show, but I can get it on Wikipedia. Yeah. Okay, so I have a question about actually attending shows and say, for example, hang, handing out biz, um, bingo cards. Right? I think it's fun, but I we don't do that necessarily. Yeah, I was going to say, does well, that you counteract your message, yeah. or does it enhance it, or you know? It's only okay. Okay, this is a <laughs> great a question. Sting. Okay, so yeah. Mark Edward is a performance artist. That's his. That's his degree. Believe it or not, they have degrees for performance Seriously? art. Seriously. So, what he says is that a psychic is an entertainer. They are performing. Oh, yeah. So, if you go, well, to that a, covers your ass, doesn't it? You know. Well, right? if you go to yeah. yeah, but if you go there and you shake them up. Remember, they're in a room with people who all paid a couple hundred bucks or maybe $800 to see them. Mm-hmm. So they know that the people in the audience are there because they believe that they're real or are very close to it. So if you go and you shake them up, you stir it up a little bit, then you're going to knock them off their game and they're not going to be as good at performing as they normally would. And so Mark tells us that if you are going to go to a show, now here's what you do. So if a skeptic group is listening and they want to go to a psychic show, bingo cards are great. You go in and you hand them out. You leave them in the bathroom. You put them in uh, everywhere you possibly can. And uh, then you put people in the audience. You, your whole skeptic group's got to break up. They got to be sitting in various parts of the audience. And then you start laughing when the psychic <laughs> gets something and it's slightly wrong. Somebody on one side of the audience starts to laugh loud. And then it just kind of goes through the whole, the venue. And other people start picking up the laughter and you say stuff loud like, oh, my God, that's so much BS. Oh, this is, this is (laughs) fake. Because they can't throw you out. Because you're just a person. But if you can get somebody in there with some nerve that stands up in the middle and shouts, bingo! I got him! What do I win? And then this, <laughs> and then everybody looks at them like, what are you talking about? You know, and they're like, I got it. Look at my card. It's all right. You know, if you could get somebody who has the nerve to do that, that would, <laughs> the laughter would be incredible. 
Especially if you could get somebody naive to buy into it and play the oh, game, yeah. right? Play yeah. the game better, but win a free car. But you, if you do that, the psychic is just going to be rattled. And yeah. we've done we've done this in many cases because we don't only do stings; we do these other things. But you're not going to if you attack the intelligence of the audience, you're not going to get anywhere. Right. You're only going to be pissed off. the The psychic is going to uh, the the audience is going to side to the mm-hmm. Psychic, because look, like I said, they paid six hundred bucks to attend, and now you're ruining their evening. You're yeah, calling God. Yeah. How dare you? But they know it's just fun. But if you can get the psychic a little rattled, they're not going to probably use some of the tricks they normally would use because they know that they're skeptics in the audience and 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 so on. But we've done that many times with different psychics, and it's fun. Oh my God! <laughs> but you have to approach it as if you're a um, uh, you have to approach it in a sly way. Otherwise, it's just going to throw you out, and nobody yeah, wants to. Yeah. No, especially since you've paid six hundred dollars to get in there too. I mean, oh, come shit, on, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Sacrificing like, money for the cause because I think that's part of it too, is to make the you know um, cost prohibitive you know for anybody to attend they therefore um i guess um diffuse criticism right absolutely yeah but you know yeah. what our skeptic community is very generous and if you go on yeah. facebook and you yeah. say i'm going to do a sting which is what i've done mm-hmm. and i say i'm going to do a psychic sting i need money from you all and i only want nothing more than 10 bucks so that means like 200 of you got to donate or something you know yeah they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll put up with, they'll do it and we went to see the chip coffee. I think I raised three thousand dollars within twenty four hours. That was more than enough for me to go. But if everybody participates with like a ten dollar donation, it diffuses the cost and it's no mm-hmm. big deal. Yeah, and, you yeah, know. Yeah. But yeah, the more you people you can get to go, the better. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then also the community feels like they're doing something. If they donate ten dollars, they feel like I've helped. Yeah. I mean, I could take out my pocket and just go do it, but the the community needs to buy into it because we're trying to build the community, not just not just watching Steve Novella or or CFI do it. We want us to have the community. That's my goal is to build our community. We we fractured our community so many ways oh. that uh, I was in the middle of all that. I I was in the eye of the storm. Trust me. So I've come out the other side, and my personal goal is to rebuild this. And the easiest way to rebuild it is to find people to um, to uh, do more and to support them. And I think, well, with GSOW, we're doing it, and and um, the Wikipedia Project, we're 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 doing it. We're we're getting there. We're we're improving our lives. Things are better. Yeah. I, I just want to make a, another comment here that I've often heard people say, you know, I, I can't really help in X situation, so I'm going to dedicate my resources to the local community. That's just not true. There are lots of ways to engage in international a- activism. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. They can join my GSOW project or they can come in on one of my stings or um, yeah, we're yeah. right now we're working on facilitated communication. It's being taught in uni- it's being supported by universities here in the United States. Oh wow. This is terrible. one of the biggest and everybody keeps telling me that. They're like, What? No People way. Have gone to prison so we just embarrassed we just embarrassed one university and I think we've got them to in their endorsement. We don't know yet. University of Northern Iowa. We're not sure if they went from, 
Oh, we're going to throw number six workshop next summer. If, you know, if you'd like to participate and kind of have some, you know, we'll keep, include you in the meetings, that'd be fine. But we're going to do our six workshop, workshop supporting facilitated communication. We went to the media. We embarrassed the shit out of them. We, we, we rewrote their Wikipedia page to show that they endorsed facilitated communication. And what happened is now they're saying, uh, we're going to have meetings. We're not sure if we're going to, be supporting facilitated communication anymore. Mm-hmm. So that okay. Whole- mm-hmm. Sorry. So facilitated communication would that essentially boil down to censorship? Is that what the term would mean? No. It's, it's, no. It sounds like you know one of those bullshit speak kind of terms, like facilitated. You know, right? It is bullshit <laughs> speak. It is bullshit yeah. speak. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know the term. You don't know? Oh, that, oh that's great. There's a Wikipedia that. page. We wrote it. You'll love it. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's well, whenever, facilitated communication uh, seems it, harmless enough, like a term, but I simply haven't crossed that in my. Uh, oh, it's anything a, but harmless. In, in, in terms of how it's been. I guess implicated in popular culture, right? Or the broader. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I should have defined it. Facilitated communication is a is a pseudoscience uh, that's been around since the 1970s in in Australia and then moved to America. But it's when a person is like a, a severely autistic person who isn't communicative. Uh, they're unable to communicate. They okay. have like the equivalent of a keyboard or a Ouija board in front of them, and somebody sits next to them and holds their hand. And their hand is basically a pointer, and they're pointing to keys on the keyboard. And the person who's communicating is actually the facilitator. The person who's locked in, the person who can't who can't communicate, is just a pointer. It's like a pencil. Yeah. Okay. I see what you mean. Okay. And okay. All, basically, yeah. whatever yeah. gets yeah. typed out. Controlled yeah. by the well. communicator. It's facilitated, <laughs> literally. Well, and I, you know, I'm sorry to be picky, but there's quite a difference between inputting stuff into your keyboard versus a Ouija board. Right, you know, like, well, well, it's pretty much the same though because yeah, the person so, that's you know, holding yeah. the hand goes yeah. where they want. Sometimes yeah. it's not the hand. The Sometimes it's just eyes. Communicate can't really guide them. Half yeah, the time, they're not even looking at the keyboard. You know, they're yeah, not yeah. even looking at the keyboard. So yeah, how are they pointing at else? It? Yeah, exactly. how do they know? Yeah, well, that's exactly. Sorry, right. I've never heard of this shit. Oh, really? No, oh, it's, it's terrible. I'm glad it's yeah, it's horrible yeah. because they t- they pull at the parents' heartstrings again. They want to mm-hmm. talk to their child. Mm-hmm. They want to hear good things about themselves or how the kid's life is and all that. And so they're taking advantage of these parents and basically telling them what they want to hear. Yeah. <coughs> Well, they, well, they tell them that they're just locked in, uh, you know, a locked in syndrome, <laughs> when in re- reality it is severe uh, mental damage or uh, right. severe brain damage. They're saying or, locked in. They're yeah. saying locked in. They're, that's they're not locked in. They're, they're not locked they're, in. They're, they're unable to toast. facilitate language. If, if yeah. they Even if they could type, they wouldn't type that. They would type gibberish because they wouldn't yeah. probably know the language even because they... Oh. Those they're the incapable of, of learning it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They've had people like yeah. in comas that they're typing. They're saying that the person's twitching. And so um, the person's in a vegetated state. And they put somebody holds their hand. And then they say that the t- person in the coma is typing. It's like, what? Yeah, it's the nonsense. person's eyes are closed, yeah. you know? <laughs> Yeah. But uh, it, it's they're really related to psychics. Like Twyla said, mm-hmm. it is something that the parents, it's a desperate plea to get in touch with a child um, or a family member and exactly the same way the psychics are. And so they're willing to use any kind of means possible. And so 
So I'm just using the steps that I learned in uh, dealing with psychics. We've moved it to facilitated communication, and we're trying to end um, government support of it. And um, there's pockets of it still happening. Yeah, That's people awesome. people have actually yeah. been uh, imprisoned because they were accused of uh, sexual assault uh, via By, facilitated yeah. communication. Or, you know, it's it's insane. Oh yeah, people are par- uh, the children are are accusing somebody yeah. of sexually assaulting them. Yes. The the because it's an education system, the the facilitator has to report that the child has accused their parent of of abusing them. So the court comes and the police come in and they take the parent out of the situation or they take the child out of the situation. There's people going to to jail for this. Mm-hmm. And um there's no abuse. Um it's the same thing as the McMartin preschool um, situation, do you guys remember that with the devil, Satanist work, Sherpers, oh, the school in yeah. LA? I don't know about that, but I remember the satanic panic from the 80s. Yeah, that's yeah exactly the same thing. They yeah. said okay, the, children, yeah, yeah. the children were saying that they had been abused. Well, they were, they were, they had tunnels under the children, supposedly were flying to the moon, giraffes were visiting them, all sorts of ridiculous stuff. But yet they keyed into the satanic stuff. And uh, people went to jail. People went to jail for a year or more. And their lives and reputations and, and savings were depleted because of these. And it's facilitated communication of sorts, It's uh, except that it's a, a child. They interviewed a child and they led the child. You know, the, the, they're, they're watching the videos these days and they're watching the videos of the, parent, of the police leading the child. They got like a five-year-old in a room saying, you can't see your mom until you tell me. Oh wow! What did, where he touched you? Where did he yeah. touch you? You know, yeah. they're like, "Mommy, mommy, mommy! Why are you talking for your mom? Are you afraid of daddy? What has daddy been doing to you?" So this is <laughs> leading questions. Stuff that ha- yeah. leading question, and the child's scared. They don't know. Of course, it's coercion. Yeah, it's yeah. horrible. It's horrible, absolutely. Yeah. But this is happening, you guys. I mean, this hasn't gone away, and you need to. We need to put a button on it, and we have to be specific, and we have to say. And so I'm not trying to just get rid of facilitated communication. I had to pick, I picked a very specific, um, project, a very specific timely, you know, from this day to this day, and then we're done. Then we're moving on to the next thing and we're going to be doing that for four months or whatever. We, we were very specific about it and our goals are clear and defined. So we will know when we're done and we'll know if we're been successful. I'm going to excuse myself briefly, but before I go for like 10 minutes, I just want to say um, I would have taken the term facilitated communication to be some kind of corporate speak. So I'm really <laughs> grateful that you introduced us to that term because I, I have no clue, you know? Yeah. No clue whatsoever. Yeah. It's not something that is in the no. media recently, but it has been. It has actually been, but they changed their names. Yeah. It's like creation science or uh, what was the, they went to intelligent design yeah. because creationism had such a bad rap. So facilitated communication has been changing their name to different new um, uh, terms. They use rapid prompting method, hand over hand, um, all kinds of stuff. It's it's on the news. I've been putting it up on my Facebook page. They have a little boy who's using eye gazing. The mom puts the boy I in his lap that. and she holds his head, physically holds his and head. She moves his head. And he's staring at and the, and the person is in front of him with a, with a board with like the letters on it. And she's 
the the facilitators looking to see who the little boy's gazing at, and then the mother's calling the letters out and and saying what the little boy's spelling. The kid is not spelling, he can't spell. Oh my yeah. gosh. He's not capable of understanding anything. He's he's not no. But this is happening today. I mean, and it's all over the news, but you don't know it by that name because they're using new new methods now. New 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 terms. Because the old ones have have yeah, uh, yeah have bad reputations yeah. and stuff. Yeah. We just had one in Florida where a father was uh, arrested for um uh supposedly abusing his child and uh the facilitator was using a technique called hand over hand which is the same thing and then uh we had a facilitator in uh, new jersey a couple years ago that was having that had sex with her um her client yeah she had she said he fell in she said we fell in love have and, you ever uh, intervened he, in, in, in a case at all like that informed the defense of uh that this is going on well, I mean, if if somebody was arrested for because of an allegation made through facilitated communication, it's obviously bogus. Um, well, it could be right by accident, but it's the the allegation uh, made by facilitated communication is obviously not true. Uh, have, have you ever informed? Like they sent an email off to the police that that arrested that person to say, "Hey, uh, think again here." Well, the person's in jail, and yeah. that's when it finally hits the media. Is whenever yeah, the person's suppose, yeah. arrested. Yeah. We've been in contact with the with the lawyer for this most recent one in Florida to let him know that we have experts who who can yeah, help you exactly. out to understand what's going on. One of my t- team members is. Uh, Janice, she's an amazing uh, expert on facilitated communication. She's working on a pamphlet to give to police departments to explain what facilitated communication is. But but in America, at least, if, if there's any allegation of abuse, uh, an educational system has to report it. And the police have to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And so they take these children in, they, they, take, they remove them from the household, and they put them through tests. I mean, they look in their cavities and they look to see if they've been, uh, had sexual, you know, if a, if a girl has had her, if her hymen's still there and, and, you know, they looked in the rectum and, I mean, seriously? Mm-hmm. But they have to do that. There's so these children are doing that. Not only taken and removed from the family, and that family will never be the same because the father's accused. Uh, oftentimes other brothers and things like that are accused and the whole town is like where there's smoke there's fire uh-huh. so you know they're, they're going to be shunned for the rest of their life even though their name is they can't clear you cannot clear your name once you've been accused of of any of these kinds of things same with yes. same with our community same thing in our community somebody comes along and says hey so-and-so did this to me even though they've been proved to be a psychopath a liar no evidence whatsoever that man is still shamed for the rest of his his life because people just assume he did something. Yeah. Godspeed. Yeah. Yeah. Godspeed. Godspeed. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you know, you know what the thing about that is? Is I got in serious trouble about Buzzfeed and Kraus. That whole story. Um, you guys are all aware of that, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, there's Lawrence people on my friend. Facebook saying. They have other evidence and stuff. I haven't seen it yeah, myself, exactly. but it's they're funny very convinced. Yeah, well, that's nice. They're, uh, what happened is we got accused 
GSOW got accused because we didn't put the BuzzFeed article on the Lawrence Krauss page. People were calling us out saying, how dare you protect this rapist, this scientist, and you're just protecting him. <laughs> now he's a rapist. Uh, and, but and using we like, BuzzFeed would break the rules. Exactly. So what we did is we're like, wait, what are you talking about? We're over here working on spontaneous human combustion and homeopathy. Nobody has touched Lawrence Krauss's page in my community. But the rules are, you know, that pissed me off. I'm like, you are assuming that I am protecting somebody who's, mm. who's, no, how dare you? They were making accusations without even looking to see or even asking. But what happened is you're absolutely right. BuzzFeed is not notable. The reporters who put that out are not notable. That was a piece of gossip. Whether Actually, it's or not, uh, I don't one know. Of the reporter, one of the reporters had been a previous employee of CFI. So that's kind of notable in terms of, you know, how we have to read that from a a skeptic lens. Here's what happens, Christine. Notable means do they have a Wikipedia page? Okay. Okay. And is it more than one source? Is it more than than BuzzFeed? Notable. Right. Right. And so we were waiting. The whole, and it wasn't even my team. It was regular Wikipedia editors. We watched the whole thing unfold on the talk page of Lawrence Krauss. And we're sitting there, and they're sitting there going, we are under attack. It was like, it was like people with pitchforks had come over to the Wikipedia page and were demanding that this edit be put on there. And people, and the editors are like, why are you demanding? What, you must have an agenda. Because, yes, he's not getting any speaking, he's not getting any speaking gigs. He's not like, like, what, why does it have to be on there? What what is what is the reason that you're so adamant about it? And can't you can't you understand that we have to wait until it's a secondary source comes out from a notable place, which yeah. still hasn't happened. Yeah, and an so charge or more evidence. I, I saw Christina Rad's video and you know, oh, I saw that, that too. That, yeah. that was pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, no yeah, shit. It wasn't, yeah. it was not notable. Again, it wasn't notable. She's well, not even yeah. It's anecdotal. Yeah. And she was super, she was super, um, what do you, uh, nuanced about the whole issue too, right? Yeah, I saw that. But again, they're not asking my opinion. If we're talking about a psychic, yeah. But I, I don't have any, let's let it play out. I yeah, can't, yeah. We can't yeah. put that, we can't put Christina Rad on there. She's just somebody who, who made an accusation. When she's picked up by a media report who interviews her and is willing to risk their journalist claims, then we could put it on the page. But until then, and what are we at? How many months are we at? Nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. going to follow him forever because yeah. he's a living human being. We can't just put anything on the page. It's too important. Can't we wait? Aren't we skeptics? Can't we, you know, and people no, were telling me, well, look, justice, at, look at Skepticism uh, goes out the know, window. Well, well they say, there, there's an pause. element that, you know, you're either with us or against us, right? Oh. Uh, you know, and I believe Christina Rad, but if you're if you're gonna put something on Wikipedia just based on that kind of stuff alone, it's Wikipedia is gonna be overwhelmed with stories, anecdotes, and such. You, again, where's a you need you need the evidence? Yes, Christina Rod's story is out there but you can't put it on the wikipedia page so absolutely because if you could put christina rad's page uh her her video on lawrence krauss's page then you can put anybody's ex-girlfriend who does a video on you Mm -hmm. of something that happened whether it was true or not 
can go on anybody's page. If you if you go down that path, mm-hmm. you've opened the door for any video, any ex ex lover who's upset at you to put something on there. You can't allow one thing, even if it does seem like it's credible. You can't allow it. It's just it's a path we can't be we can't go down. It's a dangerous for- president. Yeah, I can't say that because I'm a white male, so I'm screwed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh God, you guys! <laughs> I you are, okay. Um, I, earlier in the show, I believe you. The way you you said to um, our guest, like you only have two cats, Susan. Sorry, um, three. three. Sorry, three. And, and I that I felt that was very judgmental on your part, Randy. And how many do you own now? All right, it's judgmental. I have twelve. <laughs> A dozen. Oh, you had well, kids. Got a dozen cats. Oh no! So no, yeah, all, apparently, all... Susan, you don't own enough cats. Yeah, no oh, you know, yeah. Well, I'm going on a tour. I'm going on a tour <laughs> tomorrow. I have eight lectures. I have eight lectures coming up. I'm going wow. to be going to, and so I've got house sitters coming over who are going to stay and live at my house because I've got three cats to take care of. So it's oh my god, I can't imagine having a bunch because it's hard enough. I'm like, okay, so you got to make sure that this one is going to, here's his behavior. Okay, now that one, this is what this one's going to do and this one's going to probably throw up because he gets really upset when there's somebody here. And and here's where you would probably look for the vomit and here's where we keep the stuff to clean it up and you know, and this one likes to be cuddled this way. Oh my God, twelve. <laughs> we have one that's diabetic. I, I, I'm going on tour. I'm going up to um, my son. My youngest son is um, moved to Seattle, Washington, because he's going to be an air traffic controller, and so he's going to training. He's got two years of training, and he just moved a couple weeks ago. And now I'm following with my car, completely packed to the gills with this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I shoved everything in there. I'm like, it is not staying in my house. I'm not storing it. So I'm driving up tomorrow morning. I'm taking it up and I'm dropping it off at his apartment. And then I'm going to go and pick up two friends of mine uh, who are at the airport. So it's a two-day drive to get to Seattle from where I'm at. So then I'm going to go to the airport, pick up my friends. And we've got eight lectures. We're going to drive home. And Seattle, Seattle, Tacoma, Portland, Eugene, Humboldt, uh, Arcadia, and Sacramento. I hope cool. that they all the way home. But my uh, poor cats, I can't imagine what they're going to They're going to be so stressed out. Mom's <laughs> gone like 12 days. <laughs> poor kitties. Yeah, they'll probably have a big party and invite all their uh, kitten no, friends. Stressed. They'll <laughs> be fine. We we yeah. can't go anywhere. We got with the twelve, so we were <laughs> stuck. I'm afraid, <laughs> especially with a diabetic cat. So it's a oh, extra. I had a diabetic cat. I had to give him insulin. It was yeah. sad. I had to yeah. keep him hydrated, and we had to put like. Oh. I had one too, but hydration. frankly, giving um, a, a cat a needle under the surface of the skin is way easier than trying to give them uphill. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I grew up with libraries. You just slow something it is for in this the air one, believe with me. a filament, and they just, you know, eat it. Right? Cats, cats are like, wait, what are you doing? Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck off. Leave me alone. <laughs> but, but the needle was okay, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Poor kitties. Poor yeah, kitties. Yeah. And you take them to the vet, something's wrong, and then they say, let's run a few tests. And then you're like, okay, well, what's that going to cost me? Oh, just a couple hundred dollars, and, you know. 
Yeah. You're like, okay, I've spent two or three hundred dollars, and then there's a few more tests, and then you're like, well, I've already spent six hundred dollars, and then next thing you know, it's three grand or something. <laughs> Do you guys have uh, healthcare for pets? Is it free over there? Socialized medicine no, for pets? No, not for pets. No. no, it's not free, but we do have insurance for pets. We have pet yeah, insurance. Yeah, you can get insurance. Pet yeah. insurance. Oh my, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't. It's oh. cheaper not to. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. In, well, especially with cats, right? Like dogs. They, you know, I have a dog that I just sort of acquired last year because of my daughter and, uh, ooh, ka-ching, 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 right? Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah, first two was a Labrador? Um, she's a Border Collie, um, oh. what is border she? Border Collies are the smartest. Oh, my she's God. She's so adorable. She's so sweet. But she, you know, managed to get hit by a car. And then, um, you know, I was out of town and I came home and she was just like out of it. And so I took her in and, you know, tested her for to- toxicology and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I, I think she might have even had an epileptic seizure, seizure, you know? Oh. So, you know, about 1800 bucks, you know, overnight, you know, like, they're not cheap. So. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, poor kitty. Yeah, well, puppy. Yeah. It's cheaper to get yeah. sick as a human in Canada than it is to have a, your pets get sick. That's very true. That's very. So true. we're we're hoping to immigrate into uh, Canada. Are you Good guys going to let us in? Or are you guys building a wall to keep us Americans out? <laughs> Not we were thinking about it. Like you. We were thinking oh, about it. <laughs> when when the election happened, I just come back from New Zealand. Um, I did a lecture in the New Zealand skeptics. Shout out to New Zealand skeptics. Um, New Zealand. And we were over there, and um, the election happened, and I got messages from a whole bunch of people from New Zealand. Uh, would you like to come over? <laughs> would you like to? Then we'll, we'll we'll make sure we take care of you. You you have a place here, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys don't have a clue how awful it is. Yeah, he, he, it's so cool. he well, I voted in California, oh. so there you go. Did you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm originally from Los Angeles uh, a long time ago. Uh, I have a very shameful thing to admit. What's that? Ted Uh-oh. Cruz is from Calgary. He was born here in Calgary. Oh, yeah, yeah Ted, he's a yeah, fucking Canadian. He was, and it would, but became an he's issue. He's still a candidate. <laughs> would you like it? Yeah. Sorry, I'm back. sorry for Ted Cruz. You you keep Ted Cruz, you keep Justin Bieber, and you keep <laughs> yeah. De- Celine Dion. Thank you very much for taking that. Be yeah. <laughs> send Ken Ham back to Australia. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be appropriate. And who who's going to take Trump? We're, I think we're going to put him in the Space Force or something, right? And he's we'll, going to we'll, go we'll to the We'll send him moon? in the next uh, yeah. next yeah. yeah, he could be the first one on the Mars. He'll be there looking for uh, the guy. Too bad there's no brakes. Um, <laughs> where's potatoes? I don't understand. Where's my potatoes? Oh, my God. I'm retired now. So I spend a lot of my time, in, you know, I have the computer. I can be looking yeah. at stuff all the time. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I do that. This, I'm not retired. This and this. I tried <laughs> to give it a rest this weekend, but what? stuff just pops up on Trump. I tried to... I tried not to post anything about Trump this weekend, and I did on my political page because it's constant with that guy. Yeah. yeah. It's oh, like yeah. a train wreck. I Every day we say here, okay, it can't get worse. It cannot get worse than babies in cages. And then, and then, but absolutely can't. No more. It can't get worse than racists uh, uh, making fun of handicapped people. It can't get worse than uh, Nazis. No, no. Oh, no, you can't get worse than pissing off your biggest trading partner. Like, <laughs> wow. 
It's just too bizarre. You know what, though? I blame us. I blame our community. Um, When Trump was running for office, I said to myself, if he wins, we deserve him, America. You know, because we have gone so long with this anti-science, anti-intellectual. Yeah, Yeah, intellectual. And damn it, that's partly our fault, our skeptic community. How Darn, because we've just been so lazy about it. We're like, here's what we say is it works, bitches, you know, science. We don't realize we have to fight for it. We have to stand up and we have to. Communicating. Yeah, we have got to be able to go and do um, um, these things. And it is our fault. So, you know, it's kind of shitty that the, like, I remember being a little kid and um, things like, um, you know, getting a man to the moon were sort of these I don't know, I guess, like, a paradigm of what America meant, right? What you know? used to. And it's just, yeah, yeah, exactly. So so disappointing to you see, um, you know, leaders in the scientific community and that kind of thing just being, um, uh, I don't know. Um, well, they're vilified even. If you look at Paul Offit, if you look at, it, the education system so, has really gone downhill. Like, yeah, I blame shit. the homeschoolers. I blame yeah. the, the churches that are eroding science education. If you go to Texas, it's like, son of a bitch, they got money for a bloody uh, cross bigger than my place. But, and then they have their, their schools in these communities, and they're not. They're private schools. Like, they're huge. There's tons of money. There's millions of dollars just to keep these kids from being educated in science. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. So it's our fault. Yeah. It is our fault. Okay. So I just, I just want to say something about what Twilight just said here. Um, like, it's not a matter of not having the resources allocated to you by the government, but other groups explicitly trying to fuck with your budget, right? And, That's really important. Yeah. No? yeah, yeah. Like that's yeah. what happened in my school. When you have a grade eight teacher in a public school, not Catholic, our Catholic schools here are publicly funded with our taxes. This, this particular school I went to in grade eight, the teacher would not teach us the earth's history, like Eocene, Pleocene, all that. And he said explicitly because we don't come from monkeys. Oh my that's God. my grade eight science experience experience. So I grew up not knowing what the hell evolution was. I didn't know that scientists don't actually say we come from monkeys. They actually say we have a relative with apes. We don't come from monkeys. Like These people get in the school systems and they completely undermine science. Absolutely. And we aren't aren't stepping up and saying, no way. You are not as, allowed as to do kid. that. We're just, we're just, we're just walking over. Cause you know why? We're not organized. We're not talking to each other. We're not stepping up and taking this on. We need people to go to the school board. We need people to be on the school board to say, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, no, we're not running for office. Yeah. No, that's, that's, I guess care. that's why I asked that question about not, like showing up to events personally, right? Uh, right. you know, you, need there's, to be there. you can do very yeah. much online. But if you actually show to an event personally and, ha- you know, have the bingo cards and that kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, and, and join the school boards and do this and do yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, here. yeah. And it's, the, it's the, hard we're doing because we're too busy. We're too busy. Well, but somebody else it, is doing it. We need other people to help too. Like we can't just be one of us on the school board because you'll get ostracized. You need like two, three, you need to back each other up. 
Well, that's, that's right. What they somebody's got to step up first. You got to be there for. You need to go and get on the school board, and that's what they say. You know, we we voted for our president here in America. Whoop be do. Your vote vote made no difference, especially like um, we were saying that's in California. Vote. But yeah, but that's always been that way. But what we need to pay attention to is your local um, school board, your sheriff, your. Um, your judges, the local people, your assemblymen, the the small little things. Your vote mayor, makes a big though. difference there. The mayor, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. and when and you show up to the city council meetings and you say, "Oh, there's a church. There's a cross outside of the the building. Explain to me. This is not a church. Why is the government putting up a Ten Commandments? Explain me to that. And then you will find people who will come out and help you." But, you know, you, know, you just got to be the first to stand up, up and we're, we're afraid more to people standing because up. we're going to get ostracized yeah. and we're going to get attacked. But so do we, do we, is that an issue here in Canada, though, that people are inappropriately putting up the uh, religious symbol? Oh, yes, symbol it is. Go to Saskatoon and just outside Saskatoon is okay. a giant cross lit all night. Yep. Wow, okay. okay. Is it on government? Forgive my naive. I'm not sure if it is or not. People but in Alberta will put stuff up yeah. on their private property. That's fine. That's loud. That's well, totally loud. Like it's allowed, but it's it's a lot. Like yeah, well, if you haven't seen it, it's quite. Put your stuff up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're loud, but it it's there. But yeah, you can't complain about that. You can't rally about that. You can't go take it down. Well, but you can put a giant satanic memorial right up. up next to it. I mean, take not a, in somebody's private property. property. But yeah. you could put it on yeah. your yeah. private yeah. property. You could put oh, it upside sure. down. Actually, with my condo yeah. rules, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but if they could put up a cross, then you can put up a, a an upside down. Big cross. anti-abortion, yeah. like they took a side of a, they took a trailer, like a cargo oh. trailer, and made the side a whole anti-abortion message. It was awful. What in your condo thing or no, just no, 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 outside the to town. Like, yeah, oh, that yeah, was yeah, the, the cross outside of Saskatoon oh, is dedicated yeah. to all the, all the babies that have died. Um, what's that website called again that, that promotes those kinds of campaigns that, um, you know, drive around with... Um, the, it's got something to do with the... Ho- it says the word Holocaust in the word, oh, in the right. domain name, saying, right? They're saying that abortion is just as it's bad like as a Holocaust. Holocaust. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the group, but that I know there's an equivalent in America as well. You know? the two. Yeah. Horrible. But when when those um, racists came, they came to my daughter's school, like the, the high school, I think it was about a year and a half ago. Um, the students, to their the ones that were brave enough, um, they actually were able to counter protest the racists that came onto their school. But I still don't understand why they were even allowed anywhere near the school. So because nobody ask was there to the complain. Board. Yeah, ask the board. That's the question you yeah. need to ask the board. People have to be able to be able to do it, and and if you can't, again, it goes back to comfort and and how are you going to be able to do that? Somebody's got to stand up. Somebody's got to stand up first. I was really proud of the students that stood up <laughs> and spoke to the media because, of course, it was a media circus too, right? Uh-huh. And the students were exemplary. I think the the police finally were managed because some of the students, like my daughter, felt threatened, managed to chase them off. But the students, they were so good at articulating how this is not our school this was not our people these were adults that arranged us on the internet and came to our school and 
their their values are not ours, and we we're sticking up so for our Syrian. So why were they allowed to say anything or come onto the property? Oh, they should yeah. have been escorted off and said, told goodbye. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy, but yeah, case. stuff happens everywhere. So. So but, we need to pick, pick our battles, and this is what I do as a skeptical um, activist, is don't try, uh, some, so many organizations try to do too many things at once. You have to pick one thing that you are comfortable doing that makes a little difference in one way and follow through on it and then report back on it and with what worked, what didn't work, and then move on to the next task. And that's exactly how I operate. We pick one thing. The anti-fluoride group was um, coming Calgary. together here and they were planning this whole thing and just on the internet alone, we, I think we scared most of them off. So we still have fluoride in our water. Not so they, they had, I think three people ended up showing up. Oh. To, to protest I, I don't want to scare people off. That's yeah. the thing. I, I want to try to change their minds i don't want it just you know you know drive it we underground could have changed their mind because we were all over yeah, their page my point you is know? that you, you drive it underground it doesn't go away it, it festers well, and grows exactly. I, I i don't i don't advocate for arguing with believers absolutely think that that's a waste of your time we got the fence sitters we got the fence sitters well yeah but hopefully yeah because that make sure you went away and there's no big campaign to get rid of fluoride anymore where it was huge until that point and now it finally went away people aren't complaining about fluoride that's there's no letters to the editor there's no so I'm hoping that whole education campaign that we put out actually did convince people that this is a good thing. That's because and you showed up. That's why. It's because you showed up and you stood up. And we mentioned, like, we brought out all the facts. Like, fluoride's already in the water. We're controlling the amount. Uh, this is not unnatural. Not and stop mixing fluorate. up fluoride and fluorine and stop, you know, we, we were able to counter a lot of the dialogue. Absolutely. Yeah, people like that think that mercury is in vaccines. I mean, it, it's never been in vaccines. There's been organomercuric compounds, but that's not the same thing as mercury. Not methylmercury. Or even mercury metal. Uh, you know, it's totally different chemistry and uh, and toxicity. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's again, it comes back people to that illiteracy. That. People are scientifically illiterate. They don't know the chemistry, and they buy into those anecdotes, and they get tugged at the heartstrings, and then... You're you're trying as a lay person to communicate science, but I I suck at it. Like I admit <laughs> it, I suck at it. I don't know how to tear at their heartstrings and like I try to base information, and that doesn't work. What works with people is what they're doing. Stories. If you take floor out of the water, look at all these poor kids now with all these cavities. Like if mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and dentists will speak. Dentists here in Calgary have spoken out mm -hmm. about that. Right, it's like we're seeing a uh, much higher incident of incidents of uh, kids having cavities as a result of our defluoridizing <laughs> the water. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, and it's not unnatural. In fact, you can have too much in the water, which is what happens in Blackfold sometimes. They have to take it out, but get it to the level that it's healthy. So, well, and then consider the homeless community and that kind of thing, and they don't get you know, proper dental care. And so 
they rely on, children, on fluoridated children, water. There's yeah, ch- there's a lot children, of children too, whose you know. parents don't take them to the dentist. Right. Like, I was one yeah. of them. <laughs> so okay, well, I took my kid to the dentist, but like I said, my dentist. My dentist was saying, hey, there's like a huge increase in, in cavities once fluoride got, um, you know, oh, absolutely. taken out, you know. Yeah. You could look at countries that do not have fluoride in their water and you look at their teeth and compare yeah. them. And you yeah. say, do you want these teeth? Is this the teeth that you want? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, more like emotional, but, but it's fact-based. Yeah. It's evidence-based. And then, yeah, once your teeth are degraded, you get all these infections. And ugh. oh, I know, totally, totally get it. Yeah. Well, anyway, we we've been waxing skeptical two for hours. nearly two hours. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was no great. Kidding, that was yeah. fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, thank you guys for letting me be on your show. I really yeah. appreciate it. I've listened to a few of your episodes, and and uh, Tyler turned me on to you guys. In fact, uh-huh. actually, I've heard of you before, and I know Ty- Tyler. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> but, um, I'm I'm ho- hoping to get up there to uh, Canada to do some lectures. I cool. will be in um, Dragon Con. If you guys oh, are coming okay. to Con, yeah. I'll cool. be over there. And I'm also going to be at SciCon um, yeah, in Vegas, yeah. which I would absolutely recommend beyond recommend. We're going to have Stephen Tolley. We have uh, Stephen uh, Pinker. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's all I wish. Uh, Timothy Caulfield will be yeah. there. There's going to be some really big names. It's going to be a blast. And James oh, Randi. I want to go. So, so just yeah. get rid of Trump. <laughs> yeah. I'll feel safe for traveling. <laughs> now, come on down. You'll have a blast. It's so okay. much fun. As you know, Tam, it's it's like Tam, but the best parts of Tam. Yeah. So yeah. Psychons are Amazing and it's Halloween. When I see them. Yeah. I've not been to a Psychon yet, but I was, like I said, at Tam for a few years yeah, in a row, but then tams, I got too. breast cancer. And so, you know, I missed oh. a couple of, you know, um, and I'm just too broke to go this year, but I, you know, Pray for a miracle. Right? Oh, yeah, I'll pray. <laughs> but I tell you what, it. it's going to be, Psychons are, are the TAM. I mean, Psychons existed before TAM, by the way. Yes, that's right. But um, they but now are. now they have a skeptical component. Well, they were, but they they were doing them. But now it's Halloween related, and they do a lot of things that TAM used, didn't do. So it's it's better okay. than TAM. That makes sense. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We have a Halloween party and we have uh we do the Sunday papers just like the old Tam. We don't have the, the challenge, the um Yeah. That was insane to organize. That was one of my favorite parts was a lot of people challenge. said that. Yeah, which ones were you at? Um the one with uh the lady that had the cards and um Connison. Yeah, and it then she accused the magician of <laughs> sleight of hand. Connie Son, yeah. I was yeah. just reading about her the other day. She's she's something else. But yeah, they were talking I did a couple interviews with a couple people who you will probably remember from old Tams. Those articles will be coming out in the next couple weeks. They're people who have attended to a lot of Tams and we were going over the history of some of the past skeptic conferences and stuff and we were talking about Connie Son and how the audience was totally silent. And they were it was amazing. Like I got to be one of the people rocking around, make sure no one had their cell phones on. In fact, oh. I had to, I had to tell um, uh, is it yeah, Penn's wife had to get her to shut hers off, and <laughs> <laughs> so no, I, I got to boss people around a little bit. It was kind of fun. Turn it off. Turn it off. Yeah. Oh, that was an incredible time. <laughs> but to arrange yeah. something like that, it's it's so hard that you can't. A lot of volunteers. A lot of volunteers. Right. 
Yeah, I presented twice in the Sunday morning papers, Did and I really? was actually on a panel. Yeah, a panel on rhetoric and you know skepticism one on one, basically, right? So, yeah. Are there it's, any it's videos about? So Probably. Yeah, yeah, they are. Sunday yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they weren't yeah. recording a lot of those, and that really bothered me because I my favorite part of one of my favorite parts of the conference is the Sunday papers. I, okay. I've written many articles about how important that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is actually. Yeah, yeah. So if they um, do a skeptical component with volunteers and start doing something like that again with one of these types of cons, it'd right. be amazing. Right. I need to get going because I think my yeah. somebody's at my door. I think we, we should be <laughs> okay. signing off anyway. Thank you so much. It's been two, two thank hours. you guys. But thank Hope you I for joining us. It was a good, great talk. Oh, yes, definitely. I'm not going yeah. away. Good, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Good night. <laughs> bye bye. All right. That was awesome. Yeah, that was really yeah. good. So I'm, I guess we'll close out now. Nobody called yeah. so well. To, oh, well. Oh, did check the messages, actually. I was so intrigued by the interview. Uh, oh, yeah, well. Vincent Stevens. Okay, yeah. All They're right. just talking tech talk. and yeah. I'm ready to shut her down, so here we go. You've been listening to the Legion of Reason Diversion coming to you from Alberta, Canada. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to our bi-weekly podcast on iTunes and other podcatchers. Even better, subscribe to our YouTube live sessions where you can join in on the discussion. Thanks for giving us a listen. Music and other sound effects under license from audioblocks.com.